Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome to Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060, online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. He's Bob Kemp. I'm Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today on this Thursday, March 23rd. The Sweet 16 gets started tonight. We'll certainly dive into all of that. Doug Howler of The Athletic is set to join us around 11.15 today to discuss Bobby Hurley's contract extension and more things surrounding ASU. And we'll get into the Phoenix Suns, a WGC match play update, and your phone calls today around 10.30. The number to call, 602-260-1060, around 10.30 today. As we typically do, let's set the scene, though, with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Maybe the game of the night here. Uh, who do you have ATS Better on? Be. Exactly. Well, I know we're all <laughs> hyping it up, anticipating yeah. it's the last, uh, at least on the schedule, the last game uh, slated for the day. So hopefully it lives up to expectations. So who do you have ATS on Thursday? Gonzaga plus one and a half or UCLA minus one and a half. Numbers coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app and UCLA leading the way at 67% of the vote. Gonzaga 33%. Yeah, we're kind of you know bouncing around here as far as numbers. You know, this game is in Las Vegas, so the handle there is even higher than it would be normally. And usually, it's, you know, we're talking the Sweet 16, so the the handle's high anyway. Uh, so I think that explains why in some Las Vegas locations, and you can within walking distance, you can get a one, and then within walking distance, you know, get up to two. Uh, so there's lots of numbers bounce around, in the, at least in the state of Nevada, especially specifically in Las Vegas at this point. Well, and uh, to that point, this game is being played in Las Vegas. So does that potentially right. change uh, how things are bouncing around? Yeah. One thing I talked about with Ben Bolts from, uh, from the Los Angeles Times in the last hour is, you know, we've seen – you know, UCLA and Gonzaga play. He mentioned last year they played a game at T-Mobile, and uh, that was almost completely a Gonzaga crowd. And if you've watched uh, WCC tournament games or Gonzaga playing uh, you know, games in the month of November, the month of December in Las Vegas, they have a huge, huge following. A lot of people, uh, you know, there's you know a lot of people travel too. But you know, I know LA's closer. But uh, you know, it might hopefully it'll be more and more evenly distributed as far as crowd noise goes for UCLA tonight. Well, as someone who has spent some time in that area, I don't blame fans for wanting to get <laughs> out of the region and into some nicer weather in Las Vegas than what Spokane typically is like in the month of March. But it's been cold in Las Vegas. I, I mean, know I, it has. My, my Las Vegas friends are complaining about the cold weather, not realizing it's been a little, quote, chilly here. 
Agreed. Uh, we'll answer that question today around 1130. Let's transition over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Who do you have? ATS, Florida Atlantic or Tennessee? The numbers here from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Florida Atlantic plus four and a half. Tennessee minus four and a half. The masses are on the Tennessee side of things to the tune of 75% of the vote. Florida Atlantic at 25%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Yeah, once again, if you're looking for Florida Atlantic, uh, shop around because there's uh, five and a halfs and even a couple of sixes this morning on uh, Florida Atlantic uh, against Tennessee. We will answer that question as well around 1130. Let's get into some action that took place last night, sticking on the hardwood, but over in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns. Falling to the Los Angeles Lakers, 122 to 111. By the numbers, Devin Booker, 41 minutes, 11 of 16, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, six rebounds, five assists, seven turnovers, 33 points. Chris Paul added 18 points on eight of 17 from the floor. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis was 10 of 18, nine rebounds, five assists, 27 points. D'Angelo Russell, nine of 13, 26 points. But I guess I've buried the lead far enough. The fouls were the big story here. Suns went to the line 20 times, made 15. The Lakers went to the line 46 times and made 36. Well, the fouls shouldn't be the big story. This should be the fact that they're out of players. Uh, Obviously, no Eaton, no Durant, no Mikhail Bridges, no Cam Johnson. And arguably, uh, those are the four best defensive players that have played for the Suns this season. They just can't defend at this point, and there's way too much Josh Yacogi, Bismack Biombo, Jock Landell. Those three guys last night played 65 minutes. I called them empty minutes during the uh, during the sports zone in the last hour. That 65 minutes produced 15 points on 5 of 15 from the field. Also, Monty Williams tried to, to his credit, tried to change things up a little bit, did not play Ish Wainwright or Damian Lee last night. Went with uh, T.J. Warren and uh, Darius Baisley. They had six points in 22 minutes. Uh, you can't be – those guys should not be playing – any of those four guys really should be playing meaningful, excessive minutes in any NBA game, let alone a game at this time of the year. But they're out of dudes. I'll go back to the fouls in just a second here. Let's stick with the uh, bench and the your, your phrase, your phrase here, out of dudes. Uh, the bench isn't good, and have we maybe hit the point that continuing to point it out really isn't helpful because they are what they are at this point? Well, I'm going to also continue to point out that it really doesn't matter. Uh, just get to the playoffs and see what happens, and hopefully those guys uh, – you know, specifically Durant and Aiton are playing at that point, and they're healthy, and then I think they have as good a chance as anybody in the West. Without them, they really aren't good. Right now, they're not a good team because of who's not available. Uh, you mentioned the rotations here. Certainly odd. T.J. Warren first in to this game in a uh, in a bench setting uh, after not playing the last two games in just six minutes against the Bucks, You also mentioned Damian Lee and Ish Wainwright not getting some some minutes tonight or last night. Uh, when it comes to this particular moving of pieces here, you mentioned it as being to his credit. At, at some point, though, um, when do you think more of a, a rotational lineup needs to be set or do you think it goes for the rest of the season, the regular season, and then you, you get into something more concrete for the playoffs? 
Well, it depends on who's available, obviously, but you know, I, I can't imagine none of these four guys that we just mentioned. And I'll throw Baisley in again too. Warren Baisley, Wainwright, uh, and who's the fourth guy? I'm forgetting. I apologize. Um, do do do. Oh, uh, Damian Lee ish Wainwright. Yes, Lee Lee. Yes. None of those four guys really should be playing. Uh, you know, none of them are good enough to get excessive playing time. Certainly not in a playoff setting. So hopefully they can just figure out you know, who you know, actually can, can play a little bit. And uh, obviously if they get to the playoffs and they have all their dudes, mainly their dudes being Aiton and Durant, healthy, and they're playing you know, the usual minutes, 30-plus, uh, then you don't need the other guys. But right now it's just kind of a – you know, just try to get to the finish line and see what you got when the playoffs begin. So I'm going back to the fouls here, and it certainly was a big story because Monty Williams was incredibly heated after the game. Uh, post game here from Dwayne Rankin's video on his Twitter feed, in part of some of the things that Monty Williams had said there, 46 free throws, we're attacking the rim, I'm getting explanations about we're taking too many mid-range jump shots like we're playing a physical game. They had 27 free throws in the first half. When do you see a game with 46 free throws for one team? That's just not right i don't care how you slice it it's happening to us too much other teams are reaching other teams are hitting and we aren't getting the same call he concludes the 127 answer with quote 46 to 20 that's it that's all i gotta say and then he left the podium i did go back to the last seven games that the suns have played just to see what the breakdown is from the foul line here so uh seven games ago Thunder, 21 free throws, Suns, 16. Kings, 37, Suns, 22. Warriors, 24, Suns, 22. Bucks, 37 free throws, Suns, 16. Magic, 23, Suns, 17. Thunder, 36, Suns, 24. Lakers, 46, Suns, 20. Now, am I off base with this thinking here that I find it to be a little bit annoying that it seems like Almost every single possession that takes place, whether it is the offense or defensive side, Devin Booker is complaining to the referees about whether or not a foul was called or whether or not it wasn't called, and that I'm convinced that the referees are also annoyed by that and swallow the whistle and kind of say, hey, let's just get back to playing the game. Well, that's not the thing about Booker complaining not, is not new. This has been going on since he was at Kentucky. Uh, and as you know, I've mentioned uh, you know, from time to time in his you know, years with the Suns that he just needs to shut up and play. Uh, I'm completely with him on some plays. Uh, there's no question that they shoot, and they shoot them well, too. They're a, a tremendous mid-range shooting team, and their two best players are currently constructed. They're mid-range shooters. That's what they do. And uh, when they're playing their best, that's uh, you know, the, the peak of their game. And I really don't think I watched that game last night, obviously, and I knew the I knew the free throw discrepancy was big, but you know the other team has you know Anthony Davis and then the you know, Reeves can get to the ball to the rim, and that's the guy that you know, I liked him when he was at OU, not necessarily when he's at Wichita State, but when he was at Oklahoma, certainly caught my attention. Yeah, you know, I don't think the Suns have any reason to pit, bitch and moan about this. They just don't have guys that take the ball to the rim very often and challenge at the rim. And uh, you know, I think this the, the mid-range shooting. I mean, if you did, I mean, if we had a shot chart, if I had a shot chart handy, I'm sure it would be 
you know, heavy you know, mid-range shooting and almost nothing in the restricted area to the rim. Almost none of that as far as field goal attempts. They don't get there. They don't have players, especially without Duran and Aiton. And Aiton's not great at that anyway. Uh, that do that any, you know, I just think that I, I don't, I don't miss, I don't really, you know, Williams, NBA coaches have been trying to set up for the next game, especially if it's in the playoffs, uh, complaining about fouls forever. And he's just defending his team. And that's you know, probably the only thing he could do at the end of the game yesterday, but they're out of guys. He just can't come out and say, I don't think publicly that I'm playing a bunch of dudes here right now. And I don't know who to play. Quite frankly, we're going to change the rotation and see if anybody can get anything done. They just don't have enough guys right now to compete uh, against pretty much anybody in, uh, in, in the NBA, quite frankly, unless they play the Rockets here soon. Uh, you're 100% right about the mid-range game. And when Kevin Durant was traded to the Suns, we had a statistical breakdown of just how good they are with the mid-range. Even adding Kevin Durant, it, it just increased their uh, ability to, to knock down these mid-range shots and just how good they are and the high percentage of frequency that they take the shots and the high percentage of frequency that they hit those shots. Um, I, I guess you have been on the side of things with the Suns defensively for quite some time is some of this foul situation part of your rationale for the defense being a bit of an issue that they're not able to play solid defense without fouling totally and that's exactly the phrase uh yeah they can't def- they can't defend without fouling especially you know, without Durant and Eaton and you know I think that maybe as I mentioned earlier in the last hour, you know, hopefully people, you know, it seems like every game that the Suns have lost since Aiton has been here, it's because of him. And now they're losing games because he's not playing. Well, make up your mind, folks. That's true. Uh, the Aiton, pick a lane, right? Pick a lane exactly. about what, what you want exactly. from him. Um, certainly his situation, he needs to come back. Kevin Durant changes a lot of things as well. Uh, and we knew that it was going to be a much shorter rotation, a much shorter uh, who you want on the court, quite frankly, uh, when Kevin Durant came to this team because of the trade pieces that were involved. So this isn't new. Now that they're both not out here, you have to try to figure out how to make this work. I guess from a standpoint of looking at this team from a couple of years ago and saying they made it to the finals then the next year they had high expectations come out and get the the most regular season wins and kind of flame out in the playoffs and just seeing this trajectory this season can you understand some of the disappointment and the frustrations not only i'm sure from the players but also from people watching it night in and night out Sure, I can, but I also think that the people that are expressing the frustration, a lot of them, they don't seem to understand what's going on with the rest of the league, and especially the Western Conference. It's not like, other than Oklahoma City right now, who in the Western Conference, you know, I'm not counting like the top three teams, but you know, in the glob of teams mm-hmm. uh, that we have from like 4 to 11 or 12 right now, who of that group is actually playing well other than Oklahoma City? That is a fantastic question. And we'll dive into the rest of the NBA on the other side of the break because controversy ensued. The Warriors, therefore, were able to pick up. Which their- is also complete nonsense. I'll get into, you know, I got into that a little bit in the last hour. But, <laughs> I mean, this whole thing from last night is just absurd. It allowed the Warriors to get two straight road wins, though. 
That's true. That's it's a franchise record for at least this year, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll get into this on the other side, including some other NBA topics. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll take your calls as well around 1030. 602 260 1060 is the number. He is Bob Kemp. I'm Kayla Mortolaro. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Returning here on Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Let's continue the conversation we were having, now switching to just general NBA and the quote-unquote controversy that took place last night in the Mavericks and the Warriors game. It resulted in the Warriors picking up a two-point victory over the Mavericks. In addition to that, as I mentioned going to break, they now have two road wins in a row. They're on a streak here uh, for the Warriors and their issues on the road. But here's kind of setting the scene for it. The Mavericks plan to file a protest over confusion, which team had possession of the ball that led to an uncontested dunk by Kavon Looney in the third quarter. According to Mark Cuban, the refs said it was the Mavericks ball. Then a timeout was called. The refs during the timeout changed it to the Warriors ball, but never told the Mavericks. The Mavericks lined up for an offensive inbound. Refs let the Warriors inbound on the opposite end of the court and therefore had an uncontested dunk. According to pretty much everyone else, other than the Mavericks, they all knew that the ball was the Warriors from start to finish. The whole key here is in the third quarter. I mean, they had the entire fourth quarter to do something about this and win the game. And they made a bad bunch of bad plays at the end of the game and lost the game. Uh, So I know ESPN has lost its mind over this this morning. You know, I watched some of the early morning shows and you know, I got so sick of you know, just the same old crap from you know the same people that I just kind of moved away from it and went to Good Morning Football uh, instead for the, you know, my primary viewing in the morning. I just kind of have it on I usually and not really paying that much attention to it. But this was in the third quarter. If this were at the end of the fourth quarter, and maybe the last possession of the game, or at least close to the last possession of the game, which could turn the entire you know you know possession by possession approach to the game. Then I think it's a big deal. Other than uh, that, you know, other than that, I just think it's I don't understand it. I mean, it's just a complete waste of time. And of course, Mark Cuban's involved, and you know, he just likes to you know bitch and moan about everything. It seems to me. Well, I guess I'm a little confused about the filing of the protest because what is that going to do are you going to replay the game from the third quarter on to figure out who the winner is are you hoping that uh those two points get taken away so then you have uh five minutes of overtime like i i'm i'm a little i'm a little uncertain as to what the hope is for something to be different than what the current outcome is with the warriors getting a win in the win column 
Totally agree. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, I don't even remember a game that uh, the NBA is like, you know, you know, upheld a protest and they've replayed part of the game. Uh, I, I remember, you know, George Brett with the point pine tar game. That was in the early 1980s when that happened uh, with the uh, Yankees and the, and the Royals. Uh, but, you know, I have no idea what they're supposed to do. I can't imagine the, that the NBA would, you know, decide, well, we're just going to start where we're going to start over where that, they, you know, they were obviously wrong. Nobody, I don't think, is disputing that. But it was in the third quarter of the game last night. They had 12-plus minutes to rectify the situation, and they had plenty of opportunities down the stretch to win the game. Uh, The other thing, too, is you could probably find fault with a numerous amounts of things that referees call and try to protest every single game. Yeah, but th- this was a procedural thing. Yeah. No, I, I, th- that part I'm good with. I understand. You know, th- th- you know, I don't understand how it happened, quite frankly. But you know, I understand the. It was a procedural problem, and it shouldn't have happened. There's no doubt about that. But it was in the. In case you haven't missed this, in case you missed it before, it was in the third quarter. So in the end, this does impact some things, as you mentioned. Uh, the. The clog, is that what you called it? The clog of teams in this Western I'm Conference I'm calling it a few here? things. Glob and blog and whatever else. Glob is like the best word. Glob. glob. That's my favorite one. Yeah, Perfect. I'm going to stick with that one for a while. <laughs> At least for another couple weeks, I guess, right? Because it's not, this isn't going to unglob itself in the next two weeks. No, it's not. So the glob <laughs> of teams here. Uh, with the win, the Warriors are now in sixth with a 38 and 36 record and the Mavs now are in ninth with a below 500 record at 36 and 37 with the win for the Lakers they have moved into 10th place at 36 and 37 Uh, the top three teams in the West have remained unchanged the Nuggets the Grizzlies and the Kings the Suns in fourth the Clippers in fifth will continue to monitor the Clippers now without Paul George for at least the rest of the regular season so we'll see what ends up happening with them and if they can hang on to that fifth spot. The Warriors in sixth, the Timberwolves in seventh at 37 and 37, the Thunder in eighth at 36 and 36, and then, as I mentioned, the Mavs and the Lakers to round out the top ten. And tonight you got OKC against the Clippers. So somebody has to lose that game, obviously. So somebody also could have another loss. And I'm you know, continuing to refer to the loss column. It's like a baseball pennant race. Uh, in the month of uh, September, early October, depending on how long the season goes in a particular calendar year. Uh, and, uh, you know, my dad taught me uh, when I was a uh, very small young child, probably before I could even speak, I probably was talked about, uh, told about the loss column is what you need to pay attention to. So we'll continue to monitor how all of this shapes up. And, and again, um, you, you have the play-in contest, which is, they've now, what is this now, the third year that they've done this? That sounds right. Um, yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, been. Uh, I think I think it's worked out pretty well, or they wouldn't be bringing it back. But uh, yeah, we'll. You know, you don't want to be. I don't think you want to be involved in the. You know, certainly. Uh, you want to be in the top six. <laughs> that would be make, certainly to your benefit. You play one less week. Uh, if, if you win out that week, you, you, know, you have that, uh, you have two or three games and then you end up playing, uh, the start, the playoffs on that Saturday or Sunday, the that same week. 
Yeah, you're definitely right about that, that uh, an extra week of, of rest is very beneficial, uh, help get some guys back healthy, uh, and don't have potential injuries, wear and tear for the week of, of getting into the, the contest. But to your point, I think it has worked out well, and it has made at least the last three or four games on the regular season, at least up until this point, mean something and matter. That's for sure. I think that's the best point uh, that uh, we've made so far about this. Uh, that's exactly what has happened. And uh, you know, for years, uh, the NBA regular season, as I've mentioned, uh, not exactly a big fan of the regular season personally, but especially, even if you were a fan, the last few games of the regular season rarely did anything matter as far as you know, standings and, and you know, playoff positioning goes. We'll get into your phone calls on the other side of the break, 602-260-1060, if you have something to say about the Suns, the foul situation, losing to the Lakers last night, 122-111. to 111. We'll also dive into the Sweet 16, if there's a matchup that you're most looking forward to to get things started on this Thursday night, 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. He, of course, is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortolaro with you right here on KDUS AM 1060 on this Thursday, March 20th. 23rd. Follow along online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. The month of March is continuing, so all you have to do, listen to the KDOS to us on the KDOS 1060 app and Superbook Sports is providing a Superbook prize pack and a $100 gift certificate that you could be eligible for just by listening on the KDOS 1060 app. Your turn next if you'd like it 602-260-1060. It's the extra point. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Sweet 16 gets underway today in college men's basketball it's the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports he's bob kemp i'm kayla mortellaro 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to join the show but for now let's dive into the sweet 16 and the very first matchup from madison square garden this afternoon 3 30 p.m on tbs is michigan state and kansas state michigan state minus one one and a half Kansas State plus one and a half numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app and you know everyone says that March is about guard play right that that's the the consensus thing here good guard plays your team goes far well how about Tyson Walker for the Spartans averaging 17 and a half points per game in this tournament including six assists and most impressive no turnovers Marquise Noel for the Wildcats averaging 22 points per game in the tournament along with 23 assists and nine turnovers he's also hitting 43% of his threes. Yeah, and both these guys going home. A New York City background uh, for both these guys. So uh, it'd be uh, interesting to see if that uh, is a positive or negative effect. Sometimes it's uh, you know not as a big a deal as uh, on the positive side as uh, you might think. So we'll see what happens. But I think the difference for me in this game is that Kansas State not only has the guard play with uh, you know, Noel, they also have Keontae Johnson, who... Uh, you know, most years, if you think Michigan State, they've always got big guys. You know, I just I mentioned Jaron Jackson in the last hour for Memphis, and he's been unbelievable uh, for Memphis. Uh, the uh, Grizzlies, and uh, really is, uh, 
you know, been the biggest reason why they've been so good here lately. Uh, biggest reason in more ways than one. But Michigan State does not have, you know, the let's throw it into the low post and get a basket type of guy. This year we've had the past. You mentioned Walker with the zero turnovers. And that's a really big deal for them. I think that that's been uh, in the last three or four years when Michigan State has you know, not been as successful as they had been for uh, you know, most of the Izzo era is that their turnover numbers have been – they've had some alarming turnover numbers in some of their bigger, bigger losses of their eliminating losses, whether it be in the Big Ten regular season, conference tournament, or in the NCAA tournament. But the fact that he did as well as he does, he, he was as productive as he was last last weekend without the uh, turnovers. And it wasn't always him that turning over. Hogard also is another guy that handled. Hogard and Walker have the ball almost all the time. And uh, those two guys have had some high turnover games uh, this season. And uh, Hauser's in that ballpark too, even though he's more just kind of a you know, shooter type of guy. But uh, yeah, he's had some turnover games in addition. So, I think the turnover thing for Michigan State uh, is really a key to their key to their success, win or lose, and that's been going on for more than just this year. I know that I've mentioned this before, but it still just impresses me. Uh, you mentioned Keontae Johnson, but just his story of what happened to him when he was at Florida, having to take time away from the game to get his health back, transferring, and then just having the impact that he has had for, for K-State this season. In addition to K-State being here in the Sweet 16, they didn't have that preseason uh, love. Yeah. Actually, I believe they were picked last in the Big 12 in the preseason and yeah, Jerome Tang in his first year has been, uh, you know, been pretty amazing. It also helps when you have Noel and Johnson. You mentioned Johnson, you know, his comeback health-wise. I think everybody's certainly aware of that story by now. But maybe he was like, if not the top prospect in high school, one of the top pros- prospects in high school. So his skill level, no, I don't think anybody's ever questioned that. Oh, 100%. And I want to say that he had plenty of offers from uh, lots of different schools when he chose Florida the first time around. Uh, yeah. When it comes, though, to these two teams, like as we were just discussing there, that K-State doesn't have uh, that the expectations heading into the season, and Michigan State also didn't really have the expectations, just everything that they've been going through as a university this season, does it kind of free you up to play in this Sweet 16 because those expectations aren't uh, as high you, you didn't come in as the the preseason number one you're expected to win it all yeah i think so um yeah you, know, you can look at that in a number of ways you know, as far as this this game goes yeah you know, maybe i've just had the wrong opinion of michigan state throughout the season uh but i've never at any point even last weekend uh just thought that uh, they were that good um you know, they certainly uh, played well last last in the first two games of the tournament, but you know, I watched plenty of Michigan State during the Big Ten season and it never really occurred to me at all that you know they're a team that is going to be in the Sweet 16. And uh, you know, the last team standing for the Big Ten in the Sweet 16, that probably never occur- that never occurred to me either. Uh, so you know, maybe I'm just looking at Michigan State wrong here. But I like Kansas State in this game, obviously. 
Moving into the next game that starts at 4.15 p.m. on CBS, Arkansas and UConn. Arkansas plus three and a half, UConn minus three and a half. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I talked about Sonogo yesterday, 52 points, 21 boards on 24 of 33 in the NCAA tournament so far. So the question's here, can he be stopped? UConn also has Jordan Hawkins, who scored 12 points on four of six from the floor against St. Mary's. Arkansas had production from Devontae Davis. They also could potentially turn things over to it being the Ricky Council show. Arkansas, though, has been a little bit more inconsistent. They've been real. Well, maybe they've been consistent, uh, depending on your viewpoint and your definition. You know, they actually started one and five in the SEC, and they were actually eight and ten at the end of the regular season in the SEC. And until the second half of the Kansas game, when they rallied from down double digits, I don't think anybody really was paying much attention to them or thought much of them, quite frankly. Talent level is a whole different deal, but they've had so many guys injured and in and out of the lineup that I'm not sure what we can actually make of the talent level at this point. You mentioned Ricky Council Jr. He's really good. Anthony Black is a 6'7 freshman who plays some point guard. He's considered a lottery pick. Uh, so, you know, they've got some dudes if they're playing. You know, Devontae Davis had a great second half last week in the game and the comeback against Kansas. He's not exactly the most uh, you know, consistent offensive player. He's a tremendous defensive player. And in fact, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if Clark from UCLA does not win the Defensive Player of the Year award uh, for the country, uh, I would think that Davis is the only other guy that you could actually have in consideration for that award. Do you like anything for this game? Uh, I'm you know, Creighton or nobody for me. Excuse me, uh, Connecticut or nobody for me. Uh, Connecticut has you mentioned Sonogo, but the Hawkins thing is a uh, disturbing to me a little bit. Is that you know, even last week he had uh, scoreless first halves in each game, and then you know, after they had a lead. In the second half, he kind of, uh, you know, at least in the second game, though, he kind of built up some numbers before they had the lead. But, you know, they've been tremendous after halftime in each of the first two games of the tournament. And, you know, Connecticut, I'm really surprised that there is not more, there hasn't been more action on them. And as far as the, 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 the betting market here, because, you know, Connecticut was the hot team. And as I mentioned, Arkansas was kind of an afterthought until they rallied unlikely from down double digits in the second half and won that game over Kansas last week. I'm going to go with around 6 p.m. on TBS, around (laughs) 6.15, 6 p.m. on TBS. Florida Atlantic plus 4.5, Tennessee minus 4.5. I know this is part of our poll question, so we can save our specific answers for later on in the program around 11.30. But Florida Atlantic plus 4.5, Tennessee minus 4.5. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Tennessee bullied Duke around. So what can they do to FAU now? FAU is a team, though, that shoots 37. 7.2% from three. However, Tennessee has been good on defense and especially defending the perimeter. Well, they're the, I think they're still number one in Ken Palm and defensive efficiency. If they're not, they're in the top two or three. I haven't checked uh, since the tournament started, but they were when the before the tournament began. And I wouldn't be surprised if you have the, you know, Tennessee, at least going into this game thinks it can bully Florida Atlantic and Florida Atlantic they're a very young team. In fact, they are the youngest team remaining in the Sweet 16. If you just go by birth certificate, 
Uh, they've got a, you know sophomores and freshmen basically littered all over their lineup here. In fact, I look I'm looking at their rotation. They have uh, one senior. Yeah, they play like nine or ten guys, but they only have one senior in that whole group. And uh, yeah, we have uh, we went through the men versus boys thing with uh, you know Tennessee and Duke last weekend, and wouldn't shock me if uh, we were in the same situation here. But I can't trust Tennessee laying points because that means they're going to have to score some points at some point. And they go large stretches in many games this season, uh, whether it be in November or in March or in between, uh, where you wonder if they're ever going to score. Does this matter at all to you in your time of following the NCAA tournament that FAU's last time they played a Power 5 team was November 14th? Not really. I mean, you know, I got to see them play a little bit last week. Obviously, not against a Power Five team, but uh, you know, it was uh, you know they have they have athletes. They have you know I mentioned they're really young, but eventually they've got two or three guys they're going to be playing for paychecks. Uh, maybe not necessarily in the NBA, but they're going to get paid by somebody professionally to play basketball. So they've got you know multiple dudes that do that, and obviously Tennessee has a few of those guys too, but. Yeah, maybe I think most of the time when you see a you know, non-power five team, uh, you don't really think that how many you know these guys are actually going to be playing for after this year basketball anywhere, uh, let alone for somebody paying them to play. Around 6.45 p.m. on CBS, Gonzaga, UCLA. This is also another one of our poll questions, so we'll save our specific answers for later. But Gonzaga plus one and a half, UCLA minus one and a half. Numbers coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The metrics say Gonzaga has the best offense in the country. Obviously, we've talked about it a lot. UCLA losing Clark and his presence with that Achilles injury. He could be missed here, but... The way that I look at Gonzaga this year is that they're not the Gonzaga of old, and so I think that they're missing some talented pieces here and that they won't be able to put as much pressure on Jaime Hawkes and Tyga Campbell and get them out of their own rhythm. Well, I agree with that part. I mean, even in their best days, Gonzaga's not going to win games with their defense. I mean, they basically, you know, their, their guard play, which was not good at all uh, in the non-conference portion in November and December, those dudes have gotten certainly better. Uh, on the other hand, though, I wonder just about UCLA. You mentioned the Clark injury, and I keep thinking that at some point that's going to hurt them. It hasn't so far. They played five games without them and about without him. Excuse me. The only game that they lost was obviously in the U of A in the conference championship game, and they could have easily won that game. But now they've got the Singletary, the Singleton, excuse me, Singleton in the Abona situations. Bona with the shoulder, and you know he, he barely made it through the last game, and uh, it's a pain tolerance thing, according to Mick Cronin. And Singleton went down with the injury against Northwestern with like uh, less than a minute to go, and it looked like it was going to be horrible. And he's actually walking off the court by the end of the game, and he ran around a little bit yesterday. And, uh, you know, talking uh, earlier in the, the, the during the sports zone, I think they're kind of waiting to see how much they can get out of those two guys. So those two guys and also the Clark absence you know, can make a big difference in this game, if, at least in my opinion. I think if everybody was healthy, I think that UCLA would uh, not roll or win easily, but I would clearly favor them in this game if everybody were out there and you know, able to do what they usually do. 
Pick the winner of the basketball bonanza by going to KDOS1060.com, entering the basketball blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. If you correctly pick the winner, you will go into one big pot for your chance at $2,000. It's a great opportunity to have some fun with the basketball blitz and be a big winner. While you're at it, join Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch all the basketball games at Winner's Sports Bar. Winner's Sports Bar is serving up great food and drinks surrounded by wall-to-wall screens, plus Arizona's best local sports book, Right now, caller number three, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060. Caller three is the winner of today's $25 voucher to Winner Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. Uh, in addition to that, remember, KDOS1060.com, correctly pick the winner. You go into one big pot for your chance at $2,000 from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. But as it is right now, the $25 voucher to Winner Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino, 602 602- 260 1060 caller number three 602 260 1060 we'll wrap up our number one of extra point right here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Thursday, March 23rd here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We'll get into some WGC Dell Technologies match play coming to you from Austin Country Club here in just a minute. But some breaking news here from Jeff Passan. Uh, and it's not good news for Philadelphia Phillies fans. First baseman Reese Hoskins is being carted off the field after suffering a non-contact left knee injury trying to field a ground ball. I don't know that I can really place that many non-contact injuries in like that's not like sliding into uh the bases incorrectly or something like that uh in baseball yeah i haven't seen actually the injury or anything like that but uh it's not like he's a gold glove first baseman but uh you know it's uh, one of the several phillies defenders who's not great uh but uh this is not a good way to start obviously bryce harper is going to be out for a while i mentioned yesterday uh, during our uh, spring training update that you know Harper was not placed on the 60-day injured list, which means he could actually be back by the end of May. Uh, but you know, the fact that you know he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery, and you know those are obviously two big pieces in our lineup. And Trey Turner, I guess the good news for the Phillies is that he was you know kind of like the not kind of he was the U.S. star offensively uh, during the World Baseball Classic, and uh, he was a stud in that. Uh, Put them in position to win the tournament. Absolutely, he was. Without him in that bat in that eighth inning, there would be no finals. Yeah, hitting ninth. Uh, they moved up in the order for the championship game, but uh, you know they had uh, lineup depth was not the problem for Team USA. You know, pitching depth was a serious problem for them. Speaking of pitchers from Team USA, uh, Adam Wainwright, right with the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Yeah, I just read a headline. I haven't really read anything about this, but uh, he's expected to start the season on the injured list with a groin injury, I assume. Uh, you know, you know, that happened uh, during the World Baseball Classic when he was pitching because I can't imagine that you know, having played on uh, – got to get my nights right here – Wednesday night that this would have happened – or Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night that this would have happened yesterday and most of the – Players of the WBC were not back in Major League camps by yesterday. The WGC Dell Technologies match play yesterday. John Rahm lost his match to Ricky Fowler. If you're a Ricky fan, you got to pay close attention here. He needs a quarterfinal appearance to likely crack the top 50 in the official world golf rankings. And if he's able to crack the top 50, then he will get an invite to Augusta in two weeks. He hasn't played Augusta since 2020. Uh, also, something to keep an eye on is Will Zalatoris. He has been like an absolute stud when it comes to major championships and especially at Augusta. His game fits so well there. But after he had to withdraw last summer, with a back injury, took significant time off and reportedly had to change his swing to prevent further injury. He has just been wildly inconsistent in his return. There's always been controversy about his putting stroke and his putting abilities here. He lost his match uh, yesterday and he just lost his match today five down to Harris English. So he is not trending in a very good direction. Jordan Spieth, however, might be rounding into form. It's always a roller coaster watching him play, but if you're thinking about about him setting himself up for a run at Augusta, potentially Jordan Spieth here. We'll get into a little bit more about the WGC and how things are shaping up today on the golf course. Tony Finau won big four and three over his, in his match over Adrian Moronk, but we'll get into that in our number two. Hour number two, as I mentioned, is coming up on the other side of the break. He is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortolaro. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS 1060.com, and the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. (laughs) 